0: Welcome to Run It Again, Episode 8. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz. Coming up, we'll examine the protocols of opening NFL training facilities and who are the NFL's best remaining free agents. Don't forget to visit runitagainpodcast.com and make sure you hit that subscribe button. You're listening to a Benstown and McBay Media Podcast Network production. We'll be back after this message.
1: There are families that will go hungry tonight. Every day, people who have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. The need is greater than ever before, and your neighbors need your help. Donate today to support communities facing hunger during this time of uncertainty. Every dollar you give can provide at least 10 meals to children and families in need through the Feeding America Network of Food Banks. Please make a donation today at feedingamerica.org. Thank you.
2: Get ready for the Run It Again podcast. Huddle up, huddle up. Every week.
1: You'll be hearing stories that take you
2: beyond the daily sports grind.
0: With unique insight from former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. Just feels like the college football season discussion gets more and more complicated. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on
2: earth, Super Bowl winning coach Mike Martz.
3: I do think professional sports has such an impact on the American psyche that I think everybody's going to want to try and get this up and running in some version of it. We'll
2: connect you directly to the source
3: and tell you what's really going on. Biggest issue is, and I think this is important, is they're not exposed to family either. Oh boy,
2: that's going to be interesting. With conversations and tales from guys on the inside. So click the button to subscribe for free and you'll get episodes sent straight to your phone
0: every week. It's Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Marks. So, uh, Going back now to the commissioners and the sports and opening and protocol and all this stuff. So, uh, A couple guys tested positive in the NFL, as, as most people know by now. Ezekiel Elliott was one of them. Uh, he, along with several other Dallas Cowboy players and Houston Texans players, uh, tested positive. Uh, Elliot has no symptoms. He is asymptomatic, which we know is is a component of of this virus. But here's what I, I'm not getting my head around, Mike. So you're telling me that if this is, let's fast forward. Let's say we're into the season and 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 they've managed to play somehow. And it's week 10 and they've got the Redskins this week. And then after that, they've got the gauntlet of the Eagles and then maybe the Rams and then somebody else in the NFC East. You know, it's that time of year where you need all men on deck, all hands on deck, and you got to go. You're telling me that if a player like Elliot comes up uh, positive on a test, a virus test, you're going to quarantine him for 14 days? He's not going to play for you. I don't see Jerry Jones pulling that trigger. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I think there's going to be a whole lot of uh, uh, lying going on the rest of the year when when this stuff actually comes to a head. I, I got to see it to believe it.
3: Well, I think they have to treat it like uh, the concussion protocol. I think once they test positive, whether they're symptomatic or not, um, you know, they have to go into that that whole routine of how many weeks, 14 days, whatever, just like it's a concussion. And if they do it any yeah. other way, then I think uh, there's going to be some real issues, some real problems. But, you know, yeah. since he's asymptomatic, it's, you know, he's still a carrier so he can infect other people. And, and he, evidently he was around somebody that had tested positive. So he thought he'd get tested. And I think that's what had happened with him and sure enough, he's positive. So now, whether <laughs> yeah. you know when they test like that, I I don't know if anybody has a clot not to do. You know, ethically, you, you have to isolate him, don't you? Don't you have to? go Well, through that's that my that's
0: my point. No, fourteen day quarantine is required by by law. Okay, so he has to be in a separate place from everyone else on the team. He he right. can't come back and play football, asymptomatic no. or not. He cannot play football. So my question is. If you're sitting here tied with two other teams in your division, and the next three games decide the division and who goes on, you lose your star quarterback, your star running back. You're gonna you're gonna just say, oh, well, sorry, you know, we got to go quarantine. Now, what if what happens if you lose your left tackle? What happens if you lose your your top uh, D lineman? I, I just well, think there's gonna be a lot of uh, misinformation here, Mike, and, and to, like you said, uh, concussion protocol. Hmm. I know that's been played with at times and I hate that that sounds bad. I get it, but I know that's been manipulated at times.
3: Well, perhaps, but I think, you know, when you're dealing with something that's infectious like this, I think it's uh, immoral uh, and and illegal without
0: question to yeah.
3: you know deal with it any other way than being responsible. It's like an injury. You just have to consider it a two week injury or, you know, one of those types of things until he tests uh, negative again before he can get on the field. I, I don't know that you can treat it any other way, and I don't know if any of the teams other than one particular team in the Northeast would, would treat it any other way.
0: Yeah, so if LeBron comes down with something in game four of the finals, he's out for the rest of the finals. <laughs> Yeah, he's. Yeah, he I want to see this one go down. Yeah. And then I want to see what the gambling uh, uh, side does, okay, how they well, react that's to a, this. That's
3: a whole, worm. That's a whole another
0: know. worm. So, <laughs> I know. I got to tell you,
3: when I was at the Rams, Kurt Warner had mentioned after in a press conference, his numbers in this particular game weren't real good. You know, we won anyway. But, you know, he was, you know, they asked him, say, hey, you know, uh, your numbers aren't your normal numbers. What, What's the deal here? He said, you know, my shoulder was kind of bothering me all week. I didn't think anything of it. I got a call from the league, got fined for not um, uh. producing the information. And so investigated. He never went into the training room. He never told the trainers about it. He was just a little bit sore. He never got treatment for it. He never missed a, a snap during practice. Nothing happened, but we still got fined for it. Yeah. And I said, how can you find us? We we were diligent and everything. How, how do we treat him if we don't know? And he just, his shoulder was just sore. Well, come to find out we got fined because it affects the betting line in, in uh, Vegas. <laughs> I think we yes, had, sir. So, so that was, I was pretty naive until that, you know, until that, I just figured, oh. you know, well, but when that came out and that was explained to me, I said, Oh, okay. I get it now. So to your point, yeah. this whole thing with, uh, you know, the Corona uh, intestine positive and negative, this thing is so hot in terms of the betting line and, uh, you know all that sort of thing. That is, it does absolutely affect it, and they've got to be forthcoming with it. But you know, the moral part of this is, you know, you've got to treat it like another injury until they're absolutely clean.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, you—that's a great point, and I, I understand what you're saying about the morality. I, sports and morality don't always mix, but we're going to see if they do mix coming up real soon. Here, is it possible to play football? adhering to these rules, the the, the whole six feet apart, you know, so they released some of the, the, the protocol going into the facilities now in the next couple of weeks are going to be going in. Well, well, it hasn't been announced yet, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but soon they're going to, they're going to start going in and and officially preparing for camp because training camp technically is coming up, uh, you know, I'd say within a month or so. So now is it possible Mike to play football when, no one can really be closer than six feet apart and masks have to be worn and meetings on the field or, or, or even inside can never be more than what uh, 10 to 15 people. How, how, would you, how would you handle that as a coach?
3: Well, during practice, obviously, you you know you've got to go back to football. I mean, you're in a huddle, you know guys line up next to each other, you know that whole deal. but when you're off the field, you know, the whole idea of six you know, feet apart, virtual meetings of 20, if there's more than 20 players like the offense and defensive meetings now have got to yeah. be done on a virtual basis. That's tough. And then 15 yeah. people in the weight room at a time. That, that's always been that way anyway, Ron. You remember when you were playing, you, you went through in groups, didn't you? I mean, you guys. Didn't yeah, go into no the whole that that's group. that's
0: right. No, that's yeah. right. And rooms and and weight rooms are so much bigger now than the closets we worked out in. So yeah, but even in Camp Ron,
3: even in the the weight rooms are outside anyway. At least they were where I was. Yeah, you know, they, that's
0: right. They've always that's been right.
3: outside anyway. So I I don't think that's much of a change. And and yeah. I think that uh, if you're going to meet in person with the players they suggest and would prefer that you be outdoors, but they didn't say that was mandatory. So in other words, we meet with the quarterbacks every morning at seven o'clock, you know, before the day starts in practice to get things on know together. You know, if you've got four guys in that meeting, they still got to sit apart and, you know, they want you to be outside. Well, well, that's not real doable. You know Uh, I guess it is. If you have a tent out there with uh, some sort of cover uh, you know, then the mask inside the facility, that, that's all probably fine until you take the field. I mean, everything really yeah. is doable until you actually go to practice and practice.
0: That's right. That's you my point. You can't change
3: yeah. how you practice because you can't change how the right. game's played. You still right. have to practice like you've always practiced. You got linemen standing together, you know, drinking water in between plays or whatever. You get a huddle. Coaches are talking to the guys. And so when the coach at the end of practice calls the team up to talk to him, he can't really do it. He's got to do it virtually. Come on. You know, I mean, right. you, you, you got to be able to stand in front of the team and talk to them as a head right. coach. You, you have to be able to do that instead of just doing it virtually. So, I don't know. Um, I guess indoors and in, in between practice time, I get that. It's doable. It's a little, you know, it's a little cumbersome, but you can do that. But it. But during practice, come on now. I mean, it's, otherwise you might as well not play. you, you got to be able to practice football in order to play football. And if you can't practice, you know, then I, I don't tell you. Gone is any kind of stipulation about how things are done in practice itself. So, I thought maybe they're going to try and ask them to wear a mask, you know, in their in their helmet, you know, some something like that. Well, they, of that nature. Well, and they played with
0: that for a little bit, but I noticed that's lost some steam.
3: Yeah, can you imagine trying to breathe?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, right. Who needs to breathe? I'm an old I'm fat called?
3: guy, and it's hard for me to wear a, a mask and breathe. Right. So, <laughs> can you imagine uh, getting tired and trying to breathe through that deal? <laughs>
0: You know, chasing (laughs) the wide receiver
3: down the field like you could do, right? Get those (laughs) skinny legs, years going 100 miles an hour. You can't, you know, you're gonna die after 15 yards, Ron. I know you. You're down on the ground. Yeah,
0: and it would it it would keep me from talking trash. That's the biggest problem.
3: (laughs) Well, that would be a. That's probably a, a side effect that most people don't really realize how much that actually goes on in practice and during games. You know,
0: yeah. Because yeah, they this they don't should see be it.
3: an award. There really should be an award at the end of the season for the best trash talker. You know that?
0: Yeah, I'll go with like, that. Yeah, and people, Isaac
3: Bruce, he may not say two words to you in two months, right? Who is that? Sweetest Isaac Bruce, one of I- the sweetest Isaac and nicest Bruce? people you've ever That's met. Right. right? That's but right. But on the field now, when I took my headset off and I was listening. On the sideline and, and no. heard him talking to the whole.
0: Oh, no, man. not Isaac. Not, not the, no, Holy come on. Fuckers. Really?
3: He questioned everything oh. about that individual. <laughs> God
2: bless That's him. a
0: nice way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they say some of the guys you'd least expect were the all-time great trash talkers, guys like Larry Bird. They say Larry was one of the best in the league.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to enjoy, you could see him. You know, he could drop his head. You knew he was talking because he couldn't kind of drop his head and look away, but he's letting him have it.
0: <laughs> I tell you, one of the best trash-talking moments I've ever heard was on the sideline in, in Milwaukee. We are playing uh, the Atlanta Falcons, and I'm, of course, with, playing with the Green Bay Packers, and this is when we played a couple games down in Milwaukee. And on that field, Mike, I don't know if you ever played there, but that field, because it was a baseball field, both teams were on the same sideline. Oh. All right, yes. so that,
3: yeah, remember yeah I remember that. Yeah. We actually played a preseason game there, yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that was problematic in itself. All right. Cuz yeah. so that that just was like an incubator for trash talking. So Dion Sanders is in his rookie year with the Falcons, and we we've got this D lineman or linebacker named Tim Harris. And Tim Harris, if oh, you knew yeah. anything about Tim,
3: yeah, Tim, Tim couldn't
0: shut up. I mean, I, 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 I never realized, I never figured out how a guy could play football. It'd be we'd be down in Miami. It'd be 105 degrees and humidity and all that. Guys are just gasping for air, and Tim is just nonstop talking in the huddle. just I don't I don't know where he got it from. <laughs> so he, he decides to light in on on on, uh, on Dion. You know, we're up by 10, and we're feeling good. And it's just this, that, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts on his hair. Dion had these this jerry curl. That was the cut <laughs> yeah. back then, man. That <laughs> yeah. stuff was dripping everywhere. <laughs> hey, look at your hair. Look at your hair, man. Look at the blah, 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 blah. And, uh, who, who, pay, who cuts your hair? Who does your hair, huh? Who does your hair? What you making? What you making? <laughs> he said, Dion turns to him and says, I make enough to pay you to take care of my hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Guys on both sides of the sideline just erupted and laughed. It was amazing. In the middle of a game, a regular season yeah. NFL game, Mike, both guys and coaches are laughing at that. That was that was one of the best moments ever.
3: But. Well, you know, Dion did grow into a pretty good trash talker himself. Oh yeah, he was yeah. he was letting us know when he's at San Francisco about what he was going to do to us when we went up there to play. When I was at the Rams in L.A. at one point, and oh yeah, we weren't yeah, we can't. weren't very good, yeah. but he came down our sideline and he was letting everybody know that nobody's going to catch a ball and all that sort of thing. Then Flipper Anderson went eighty over <laughs>
0: the first series.
3: <laughs> and, and Flipper didn't say a word. He just you know Flipper being Flipper, he just came back to the sideline and you know, got a drink of water.
0: No, that's right. Flipper. I remember Flipper. I played with yeah. Flipper at UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when he was a young buck boy. It's, it's something, you know, there's different types of trash talking too. Now, some guys would get you know, fighting words, trash talking. Okay. They were, they were mean and belligerent about it. I was kind of more subtle, Mike. I, I might walk by a guy, like say a guy dropped a ball or something. I might walk by him and say, gosh, see, that's why you'll never be a great player. <laughs> and that's, that's all. I'm saying.
3: That's an Isaac. That's an Isaac. Yeah, that's what Isaac does. Just
0: yeah. something like that, subtle, like, or, um. or, or or I'd walk by him and say, "Gosh, you look a lot faster on film." And that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and then slowly that would pick at him and pick at him and pick at him. You know, I I I got psychological about it, Mike.
3: <laughs> well, I, that, those are the best ones. You know the the ones I used to uh, watch and enjoy were. You know when the quarterback is hit back there after he throws the ball or he's down the ground, people don't yeah. realize how much is said to that quarterback.
0: When he's oh no! Oh yeah! Not just oh, the physical
3: boy. abuse, but just all the th- references to your family heritage that goes on when you're on the ground <laughs> your down family there. You know, heritage. what kind yeah. of you know, references to your courage and you know all that stuff. So oh, now boy. that's a part of football that would would as a whole movie or whatever documentary in itself actually because some of it's right. Hilarious. It, yeah, it we, we to, could.
0: We yeah. could go on all day about that, um, but uh, back, back, back to the, our NFL situation here, and then really all sports, and as it pertains to COVID nineteen. So they're going to test, at least the NFL is, and I'm assuming other sports will as well. They're going to test the players up to uh, three times a week. Now, I get that, because to me, that's the only way you can stay ahead of this thing, because you could test a guy last week, and then two days later, he could get infected, whether he's symptomatic or not. So,
3: Yes. So the three times a week, I think, is really important. They talked about uh, during the season, even once a day at some point, uh, they have a company. They're trying to hire a company that to keep it standard, yeah. so it has a database, which I think is really important, instead of having several... database that's uh, common to everybody in the league. So they all know. And, and um, I I think it's important that they did do that. I do think that what I don't quite understand about this is if they're in a bubble and if you're protected, so the, you know, have the different levels, first and second level and third level employees, you know, and the third level would be the employees that are basically very seldom down there that, that can come in uh, an entrance, but they don't have any direct contact with the players etc and then the other level which would be equipment room and training staff etc so but all those people once they're tested and they're all negative as long as they're not exposed outside of that environment why would you have to do a lot of these protocols you you follow me so yeah as the season gets going if they're going to sequester these teams in hotels which i I don't believe they're going to do it. I don't know if they've made that decision yet or not, but yeah. if they go back home, then you're going to have to test them all the time. It's like, it's just like uh, um, we talked about earlier. Uh, you have any, you're with some friends and, and they're, they're a carrier. They test positive and you find out Well, you better get yourself tested, you know? So, you know, if yeah. you don't have that environment where they're being around other people, then I think it's a lot safer. I, I wish they would sequester teams for the season. I really do. It'd be hard on families, but, you know, there. I think it would be worth it from a health risk standpoint, and you know, uh, I I just think it would help the game and and eliminate a lot of these tests that are coming up positive.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's true. See, they haven't discussed that. Uh, in the NFL, in particular, I don't think, or at least, moved on it. I know other sports have, and and obviously basketball is down at Disney World in that facility. So that's how they're going to do that. But the NFL looks like they're just content to everyone stay in your own facility and make sure your facility is clean.
3: Right, but once you leave that facility during the season, now as you know, the other you day, do that during the week. And, you know what? Yeah, you you just go right back out into the public, and then you'll have to be retested since you come back in. So after the game, the next time they get tested should be when they come back in after the game, I would imagine. And then after their day off, when they come back in, they need to get tested and then they need to get tested before the game. So those to me oh, would boy. be the three main times, you know, whether it's a uh, Saturday, you know, before the game, uh, then probably Monday when they come in to look at the tape after the game. And then again, probably Wednesday when they come back in, you know, to start their cool. week That's of cool. work. So I would, yeah. those, at least those three times and perhaps every day, I, you know, you got
0: to yeah. stay up and, on and,
3: it, don't you?
0: Yeah, no, you have to. As I'm saying three times a week is, is the only way you can do that. And as I understand it, a saliva test isn't readily available nationwide yet. And, and mem- members of the league are hoping that soon that becomes available because it will streamline the process oh, no question. for yeah. the players and make it more comfortable for the players. So I I understand that. Well. This is to definitely something to, to, to watch and, and look for and see what happens here. I, I'm 50-50 on this whole thing because if we get in the middle of the season and, and a full-scale breakout happens with, with symptoms for guys, I, I think it now takes the discussion to a whole new level. Yeah. So Well, uh, well, we'll see. Have you know,
3: they'll, they'll have an idea, I think, when they all get back in. How the magnitude of of this whole deal? How many guys are positive and are asymptomatic? And yeah. as you said, yeah. so uh, I think it's just very unclear to me. They talk about camp, the five things that you know when they're there at the facility that have to happen, but they don't talk about restrictions during the actual practice. There's nothing <laughs> yeah, implied I'll... or said about practice itself. So, no, you know that's that's just different. You know, you you go to practice, you're in the huddle, but you can't have your locker room six feet from each other yet you're standing right next to the guy in practice so you know it just doesn't equate somehow it just doesn't seem to solve anything
0: no and then they've got to reconfigure the locker rooms and also the stadium locker rooms home and visitor remember everything's set up you know traditional style locker rooms so now they've got to go in and and do some construction and and make that right make that fit all protocols in in every stadium it would be easier. See, that goes back to our point. It would be easier, you would think, if they went to a location where you had designated sites that were already set up correctly for you. But that isn't well, the way it's going to work.
3: Well, all these stadiums have got those extra rooms. You know, I, I think yeah, you can now expand they out yeah. and they do now. And, yeah. You know, so I, I think that's probably doable. But yeah, I guess what I'm saying, though, is like at practice and camp or even during the season, you're right next to the guy all practice. And yet when you go into the locker room, everything has to be apart. Well, it, it, it just doesn't equate somehow. To me, if everybody is asymptom- asymptomatic or they're negative, rather, then I guess if, at that point, it, it just isn't a problem. But as soon as they test positive, then obviously, you know, is this going to solve the issue? So you're at practice, you're right, right next to the guy, you're in the huddle, you're doing all that, you go back in the locker room, then you're apart. He just spent two yeah. hours at practice, you know. So I want to know what you're allowed to do at practice. That's what I want to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll we'll see. We'll see where this one goes. This is going to be interesting. All right, Coach, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Run It Again after this message.
1: Not too long ago, there were people who never dreamed they would need help feeding their families. But then the pandemic hit, and their income suddenly stopped, leaving them with no means to buy food. Now, these are people you know, your neighbors, but you can help. If you donate just $1, you can provide at least 10 meals for these people through the Feeding America network of food banks. Imagine what $10 would do, or even 20 Please donate today at feedingamerica.org. Thank you.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Run It Again. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz. Top free agents. This is kind of different. Guys are still out there. Some pretty good names. Guys like Cam Newton, Jadavian Clowney, Everson Griffin, uh, Devonta Freeman. Who else? Uh, Eric Reed still out there. What's your take on some of these guys, Mike? Any surprises? Uh, What do you think?
3: I'm really surprised, I guess, that Clowney's still out there. I, I know the sports hernia, you know, that's not a re-injury issue, I don't think. I don't know whether he's just asking for too much money or even on a yeah. uh, one-year deal. Uh, to me, he's got the best value of anybody out there. I mean, he's very productive, and he's uh, he would be a guy – he'd be one of those can't-miss guys. But You just can't – you can't do one of those Tremaine Johnson deals, you know, where you give a guy a bunch of money. Uh, thinking that he's going to be a shutdown corner, for instance, and then he ends up not doing anything. He got to, took the money and run, so to speak. So yeah. the free agency is so difficult. you got to wade your way through there. It's like a minefield. You, you get blown up on some of these. You've got to be very careful. I think uh, Giffen, e- Everson Giffen, I think he's – that's a solid guy, a 10-year guy. His last eight years have been highly, highly productive. He's very consistent. Those are the guys, yeah. that, and they're good in the locker room. Those are the guys I think you want to add to your roster. that can build your roster and and be good. This this the guard down there, uh, Larry Warford uh, from the from the Saints. You know I think they were unhappy with him because they felt like he gave up too many pressures. But it, here's a guy that's been consistent and been to what two or three Pro Bowls. Has been very good. <laughs> right. uh, there's some value there. But then there's some other guys in out there that are stopgap guys that are 38. Jason Peters and some of those guys mm-hmm. you just got to be yeah. kind of leery of, you know, um, I think Cam Newton is a guy that I don't know that t- Cam Newton could ever be a backup to anybody. It, just knowing Cam a little bit. And right now that's the only thing that's going to be available. If he's going to come in someplace, he's going to want to be able to compete for the starting job. And I think going into camp right now, I don't know if anybody in the league other than maybe Jacksonville, you know, um, with Minshew down there. And I don't know what they think of Minshew, but to me, that would be the only one right now that would make a lot of sense for him to go to, but you know, and here, again, here's a guy that's been injured severely here lately, 10 year guy. And you know, mm-hmm. he runs around a lot. He's just not a real disciplined player. You know, he's not yeah. a guy that you're going to have a very complex passing. game. he's just not going to take the time to learn it and be disciplined in it.
0: Mm, yeah. I, uh De- Devonta Freeman surprises me a little. I thought people valued him a little more um i I don't know if there's something going on in the locker room with him or off the field i I don't know any of that but it it, i haven't heard his name mentioned much at all and it seems like he's in the same boat as cam is kind of right now people are like "Eh, we're not we're not jumping over the fence to get him
3: right well logan ryan's a here's a guy that was highly paid but he's also most targeted corner in the league last year but he also played nickel, you know, I, I would be careful with guys like that. Yeah. You know, he, and he's the guy that when I watch him, he's the guy on third and six was the guy that, and they get him off the field, but they got to come back because he, he grabbed him or whatever. You know what I mean? So he's just not, uh, he's just not that solid, steady guy, although he's very talented, very gifted. So I think there's some buyer beware guys like him out there. You got to be very, very careful. Yeah, I I do think Eric Reed is a guy that is a, you know, I know he's outspoken and and whatnot, but he's a real solid player, highly productive. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I like him. I think he would be a a guy that you'd have to really look hard at, and I think he makes you a a much
0: better football team. Yeah, Clowney may end up back in Seattle. Isn't that something? Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah, and so. That's what that's looking like right now is this COVID-19 thing hit right kind of in the middle of free agency or vice versa, however you want to say it, that can't help you as a free agent unless you're, you're very highly sought after and people in that case would grab you fairly early.
3: Yes. Yeah. I think that uh, everybody gets distracted from free agency at that point, Um, even though they're not in the building, so to speak. There's not a lot for these guys to do though, Ron, because they're grinding tape. There's not a lot to, to look at because there's no practice. There's no mini camps or any OTAs or anything like that. So yeah, you go back and, and go over this at this time of year now before you get going. So they're trying to figure out how to deal with COVID and all that, and so it's distracted. But now it's a hyper focus on these free agents. I wouldn't be surprised now if things don't start clicking a little bit. That's
0: interesting. Yeah, I'll uh, see if that happens. Let's
3: take
2: a closer look.
0: So we've been talking about pro sports. Let's push on the college football here. And Ohio State did something that was a little interesting to me. They, uh, you know, they're trying to get going again, like like other universities are slowly, you know, picking back up with football now. And they've asked that their players sign a waiver, a virus risk waiver, and. In a nutshell, it says that the university is uh, making you aware of the effects of this virus, and it's also making you aware that we can't assure that you won't get it, even if we go through all of these cleaning and sanitization and hygiene protocols. And they're having the players and parents sign the the waiver. I, I... when I first read this, I wasn't quite sure about this and i and I first thing I thought was, "Well, this is about uh money protecting the the college from a lawsuit and i I feel a little little better about it as i as I spent some time thinking about it, but I don't know what are your thoughts
3: well, I think they're just doing due diligence here, you know yeah outwardly, it looks a little strange the way the title of the articles just don't You know, it doesn't match when you read the article to me. They they want to acknowledge the risk. They want these kids to acknowledge the risk that they're taking, which I think is they got to do that. And then they've got to accept the and follow the protocol. So they want to make sure that these kids take a pledge more than anything else, that uh, they'll follow the protocol set up in their best interest. And if they break that protocol, they want to be able to prohibit their participation. So I think that's the, the meat of it right there they want these kids to follow the protocol to keep everybody safe if there's somebody not following that protocol or whatever they want to be able to limit their participation which i think is a good thing
0: yeah yeah and the question is is this a is this a legally binding document is, is I, that what this is i don't know
3: i don't know that it's a document as much as it is a, a pledge or an agreement that yeah a, an acknowledgement if you will that hey you acknowledge your risk. Here's the risk. Here's what we're going to do about it. We you're all in on, on our, our plan here today to, de- to uh, deal with this risk. You know, yeah. are you with us or not? You know, and you sign it and yeah, we'll follow the protocol. If you don't follow the protocol, then they want to be able to take you out of it so that you don't risk, you know, the other teammates.
0: Right. And I, and that, that part makes sense, but I guess why they're they're calling it the, the Buckeye pledge.
3: A yeah, right, exactly. Well, that's what it is to me. That's what it is, a play. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I know Indiana did the same thing. Uh, right. I think most universities, most colleges, they bring these kids back will probably all do the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: And even Michigan, mm. who, remember, when last time we talked, they weren't going to have football if they're not oh, on yeah. campus. So all of a sudden their yeah, their football I'll... team is back and whatnot. So we kind of figured <laughs> that would happen, though, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh the president went to bed one night, had a dream, was, epiphany, was touched Ron. by the had dream. An epiphany, an epiphany. Yeah. That's right. An right. awakening, and, if you will. Yeah, yeah. That, that that awakening was in the form of dollars dropping out of the ceiling and onto his pillow, <laughs> yeah. most likely. But anyway, we don't want to speculate. I, I don't think, Mike, that it, this feels like the season, the college season is still, I think it's better than 50-50, but I'm not going to give it better than 60-40. And I don't think they know exactly when they're going to go. And that's, that's what I've, I've, I'm starting to feel more and more, well, more I think, uncertainty.
3: I think what's going to happen, Ron, I think they're going to play. When I say they, though, it's going to be reduced. Yeah. The they part will be reduced. I don't know that all of them will play uh, or, mm-hmm. or start off at the same time of the year. I think that uh, the SEC and some of those teams will play. And I think things will be different out here in the left coast to some extent. There'll be some teams that don't play, um, perhaps. And and I don't know about the fan. The biggest issue with all this to me are the fans. You know, trying to put people in the stands. Now the NFL goes through all this, you know, with the players and you know, when they're in the, you know, the facility and and all the guidelines and whatnot. How do you do that with people in the stands? You know, how do you keep that? Uh, yeah. 6 yeah. foot distance everybody's got to have a mask and all.
0: I don't know how you do all that. Well, I guess you have to ask yourself how far is 6 feet? Now, is 6 feet longer than we think it is or is it actually closer than it looks? <laughs> <laughs> Ponder that for the weekend and then we'll we'll talk next week. I'm just right. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's
3: probably just two feet underneath that basket you've been playing basketball with your Ah. ah.
0: Okay, all right. Well, if that's the case, then it seems to me that you can fill, what, maybe three-quarters of the people in the stands that you ordinarily would have filled, right? If everyone's got to be six feet across, or maybe it's a little – it's at least half, right? Or is it half? Is that what you're saying? If I make everyone stand six feet apart, I can get, uh, let's say we're at the big house in Michigan. So instead of 110 up there, I can get uh, a solid 45-50. Is that what you're saying? Is that what that is?
3: Well, well let's just assume you can. Let's just assume yeah. that all works out. And, and everybody yeah. promises to and stay six feet apart. Well, <laughs> yeah, a lot of these people now, the biggest part of a football game for a lot of people is the tailgating. So how Ooh, you, you yeah. know it's not the can't, in the stadium watching the game as much as to me the yeah. monster in terms of spreading the COVID would be tailgating. How, how yeah. do you? I, I don't even begin to think about how you deal with the tailgating. You they got to drive their car there. You can't now they can't tailgate and you got park six feet apart and you know all that sort of thing. So to me the tailgating yeah. issue is where that's where the thing would get spread as much as. Just being in the stadium watching the game is a lot less, to me, dangerous than what goes on before you go in the stadium.
0: That's a really good point. I I didn't even think about that. And I don't know how they're going to mandate that because you know they want the parking money. They all like that parking money. But if you're going to – okay, so you can park your car, but you can't tailgate. So I guess there has to be a tailgate policeman – that walk around and say, no, 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 no. Don't talk to him. Don't talk to her. Put that, put that red cup down. Get your, eat your hot dog over there. Don't, you're e- too close. Yeah. I don't that know that what happened?
3: there'd be a whole lot of mass on
0: there with those red beer cups. You know, I don't. <laughs> you know. Some straws in the mask. He, well, you are Green Bay. Side. Can you
3: imagine what Green Bay would look like?
0: Oh my gosh. No. no if they told him you can't
3: tailgate at Green Bay or Buffalo. Buffaloes up he, to he, me is the all time great tailgaters. Leaving that yeah. stadium, playing Buffalo on the bus, and getting the yeah. uh, uh, the alphabet sign language from all those people as you pull away, <laughs> um, they're the all time great tailgaters. Now they're they're. You seen the
0: alphabet sign language, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, we, yeah. And that's so, if you won, yeah, that's, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's if they won, yeah. So, uh, okay, well, that's it for us, man. That's all we got. You enjoy the. Uh, the outdoors up there the great outdoors being the sportsman that you are yep and uh think of me i'll be down here in, in la
3: i'll six footed yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 and uh, you have fun man and we'll uh we'll, we'll do it again next week
3: sounds good ron
0: all right take care now don't forget to visit us on run it again Podcast.com and make sure you hit that subscribe button I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed our show. Be sure and join us next Tuesday for a new episode as we discuss the return of the other sport. That's right, hockey, the NHL. Just remember, we're two old pros trying to make you think a little. Be safe, everyone.
2: Run It Again with Ron Pitts and coach Mike Martz, a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Networks production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton, producer Ted Woods, and technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook and
0: Instagram by searching at Run It Again Podcast.